Welcome to the first ever episode of Something Private, a podcast about everything that's related to the vagina. My name is Nicole and I will be your producer and your host. Have you guys ever almost passed out from the sheer pain of menstrual cramps? Well, I did and it didn't just happen once. I was 14 years old and I had been in class on a Wednesday afternoon attending a chemistry remedial lesson. So 14 years old means that I had only been menstruating for a really short time. Every time I shifted about in my chair, it felt like little bits of the blood damn was going to break and I was so worried that if I stood up, the whole seat would be like flooded with blood. Science fact! Even though we always feel like we're bleeding out our entire body's worth of blood each time we menstruate, in reality, only 3-5 to teaspoons of blood is shed during each cycle. So after 2 hours, class ended and I stood up to check if, you know, I had stained my skirt. Before I could even turn around to check, the boy behind me immediately goes, Nicole, I think that you stained your skirt. Immediately, I was like, Oh my god, literally the worst thing that can ever happen in the entire universe of bad things that can happen to me as a 14-year-old is happening right now. So I immediately, you know, I was like, shit! So I dashed all the way to the toilet. I began to unload, you know, everything that was going on in my body. And I started to feel like a weird churning going on in my stomach. It felt as if there were like 500 people punching me in the stomach all at one go. And as I was crouching over my knees, you know, like about to vomit from all the pain, I started to see like specks of white light in the distance. And I was like wondering, if that is God, please just come and take me right now. Because this pain is so unbearable that I really rather be dead. 30 minutes later, somehow I managed to scramble out. Moral of the story is that I've been a dramatic bitch my whole life. I began to dread menstruating for the next few years of my life up until I was about 21 years old. So that's about 7 years and roughly 85 cycles later before I learned how to control my menstruation instead of letting it control me. So to carry on today's episode on menstrual health, I've invited a friend, some of you may know her as a DJ on Power 98, a host on MTV Asia, or maybe on a show you saw her in on Toggle. She's also really insta-famous! I'm really excited to introduce you guys to Miss Hanley Hofer today. Hi Hanley! Hi! <laughs> Welcome to the show! Cool, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, that little intro there, like I was trying to be quiet, but I was snapping my fingers like, yeah! That's me, empowered female. (laughs) No, I am so happy to be here. Because as I listened to your story about your first cramps, I couldn't help but think of my own. And I completely resonated with you. You know, I mean, it's A, the first time it happens to you, it's terrifying. And you think you're going to die. And it actually puts the sort of fear into the rest of your menses. Like, is this going to be for the rest of my life? You know? So, yeah, I, I think it's a good way to kick this off to kind of address the fear and what it's done to us thank you and i think i, I wanted to share that story also because like you mentioned every girl who has mentioned oh that can relate to it Ev- every woman every girl can relate to that story i think growing up we don't really have a blueprint of what our cramps are going to be like mm-hmm. and on top of that each female's cramps are so unique to her So even then, when we talk to our friends, our experiences are so our own. 
but they are all equally dramatic That's and right. intense. Yeah. When I start, started getting my menses when I was in high school, the first time I had a cramp was also in school. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So embarrassing as well. I thought I was going to faint. My face had completely changed color. Um, I thought that the world was going to end. I also messaged my mom, like, <laughs> what is <laughs> happening? It's like the first point of contact. Like, mom. I know. It absolutely, like, it, sh- it shook me, girl. Yeah. It shook me to my core. Um, uh, but I think, you know, now at an older age and also with time and with experience, I'm at this place where, like you said earlier, I've taken back control of what a menses can do and how it can really screw up your vibe. Uh, but it took a while to get there. But we can talk about that as we go on. Yeah. Yes. But I think the first and the most important thing that everyone can relate to is menstrual cramps. It's ironic because, you know, everyone has some kind of experience with it. But I think we don't 100% understand it as well. I mean, look, the first thing to any problem is learning about it. Yes. Right? Love it. I love it. Yeah, Yeah. so girl, you got the facts today. I know you do. That's why we're (laughs) dishing it out for you. (laughs) So, why do women get cramps during their menses? I remember, you know, before every cycle, my mom, she would tell me to avoid drinking cold water because that was like the root cause of my cramps and for a long time I believed her I felt like you know yeah okay she's my mom she's I've legit I've never heard that before you see so every experience is different that. yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> but I think you know she's like an Asian mom she's a Chinese mom what she says may not entirely be rooted in science so we took the effort to find out for you guys today science fact the medical name for menstrual cramps is dysmenorrhea. Whenever you hear the word dysmenorrhea um, throughout this podcast, we're basically talking about menstrual cramps. We just want to sound a bit more sciencey. Every time you menstruate, a hormone substance called prostaglandins is produced. They tell the uterus that it's time to contract and squeeze out all the dirty blood that has been stored. The more prostaglandins you have, the worse your cramps are. Basically, the TLDR is that the reason why you're having cramps is because of these bitch-ass hormones called prostaglandins. Bitch-ass. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> bitch-ass. With your confusing long name. That's right, I couldn't even really pronounce it just Ooh, now. <laughs> okay, so from for me, two things from here is I want to know how do I ensure a cramp-free menstruation and does a reality where I have no cramp, like, does it exist? Right, right. Okay. Is exactly is it possible to have a pain-free, fuss-free menstruation? That's right. Does this perfect, you know, world exist? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. So as a young girl, for me I used to be super reliant on pain relief pills like the classic pink panadol and normal panadol. Like I would have to pop two of that shit um into my body each time my period came. Otherwise, it was like walking around with someone stabbing your stomach every yeah, few seconds. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly that moment. The moment when you have that slight ache and yes. it's like panic mode sets in. That's right. You're like, where's the pen at all? Where's the pills? <laughs> yeah, we all go through that. Yeah, that's right. I'm the same. Um, and I'm sure a lot of us are. The moment cramps come about, we literally run for the Panadol, for the pink Panadol. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's cute. It's pink. It's just, we yeah. like the color, not going to lie. But... Now, you told me this, but there's no difference at all between the pink Panadol and the normal Panadol. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Just the color. Mm-hmm. That's so annoying. It is. It is. And the reason why there is no difference is because all painkillers do is to treat areas of your body that has an excess amount of prostaglandins. So it's not as if the pink Panadol is produced with ability to target specifically your uterus. So it's just painkiller. Exactly. It's just it's general painkiller. Pain That's right. 
it boils down to one thing, and that is the pink tax. Okay, for those of you who don't know what the pink tax is, I'll give you a slight clue in. It's basically when companies market their products to be for women by, you know, making it pink or I don't packaging, know, it, packaging in like it in a very way. feminine way, right. and then hiking up the price when, in fact, those products are unisex. That's right. And you are know, the same as like any other product. They're the same. The only difference is that they're pink. Yep. So this is what the pink tax is. It is so annoying. Have a minute to look into it if you haven't really heard about it. That's right. But check this out. I'm looking at this right now. The normal Panadol is only $6.70. But the pink Panadol is $8.70. Yeah, right. You're paying two dollars more for a pink packaging and I guess like a different shape like pill. But like essentially you're paying two dollars more for something that works the same way as something that can be two dollars less. I'm triggered. Right. <laughs> I'm so triggered. That's right. And so, we actually need this. Exactly. Like, oh. And I think I, I don't know if you guys like relate, but like I have never gone through a whole box of Panadol myself. So I'm frustrated. I don't know. Triggered, huh? Yeah. Triggered is the word. But going back to the whole idea of like Panadol and concept of it as a painkiller I think my personal issue with it is that you are finding a solution rather than like a temporary solution rather than a permanent cure to your pain so I think the analogy for me is like you fractured your arm and you just put like a plaster over it instead of going to a doctor and getting it like treated properly get what I mean? I do, absolutely that's just a temporary solution exactly so I think in recent years the movement has been a bit more healthy has been a bit more about Wellness. People are starting to advocate for more natural ways for crime relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean, we can't avoid it. It's everywhere. There is a giant push for us to kind of come back to our natural roots That's um, right. uh, and just be more conscious of our overall health, just to sort of monitor ourselves, right? And this definitely applies down to our periods as well. As mentioned before, prostaglandins are the reason we have cramps. More prostaglandins, more cramps. Less prostaglandins, less cramps. Besides taking Panadol, what else can we do to reduce prostaglandins? I tried to Google um, and read up on this shit. And yeah, like the minute I saw like some shit online, like unsaturated fatty acid, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do this because I'm not a science student and I need a doctor on board. <laughs> so we're going to introduce uh, a doctor. Her name is Dr. Liana Koh and she's going to tell us what's up with our bodies and how do we reduce the amount of prostaglandins produced. I wouldn't say we focus on prostaglandin reduction. Um, unfortunately, it's not something that we can do. Um, for your own wise, like whether there's any activity and things like that to do, unfortunately, there are not many studies that have proven to be effective. They have tried a lot of like effects on food, of food, on prostaglandin reduction, but nothing very conclusive thus far. So there's no definite medical way that has been proven to reduce um, your natural production of prostaglandins. And in fact, I would say that it may not be something that we should focus on because it's actually something that is necessary for our body to carry out the function of having a menstrual period. Okay, so Dr. Ko basically summarized, if I'm not wrong, maybe I heard differently, they don't really know either. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Is, isn't, is that what I took away from that? That's they're, what I took away. They're, they're still not sure. Mm-hmm. So there's still, to this day, in 2019, no definitive solution for a long-term avoidance of those life-ruining cramps. I mean, I'm being a bit dramatic here, but you know what I mean. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. 
But, I mean, you said, you did talk about earlier, though, that um, you personally felt a difference when you were being healthier, Mm -hmm. that your cramps were not as bad. That's right. Yep. I used to consume a lot of meat and fried food, and I drank, like, sweet drinks and stuff like that. But I think as the years went by, and then I grew up a bit more, I started to change my diet. So now I I don't eat meat. And I eat a lot of vegetables and fruits and I drink a lot of water. I cut down on my sugar and, and everything. And you feel like that's helped you? Personally, I felt like that has helped me. But mm-hmm. I think it well, might not work for everybody. Well, that's the thing about health, right? There is no one size fits all that's right. for any type of health, including mm-hmm. our periods. Mm-hmm. But um, I do completely agree that you should be more conscious about what you put into your body. For me, for example, um, when my time of the month comes around, I eat steak. I, and I just have this sort of mentality and it makes sense to me that my body is going through a big iron deficiency so I need to replenish myself. So and I think I'll, it makes a lot of sense. So yeah. I'll eat like iron rich foods or yep. high protein foods or, I'll just, or you know I'm a bit sad so I'll treat myself to a nice juicy steak. Um, and that works for me and also maybe there's some sort of mental link in knowing that I'm replenishing my body with the nutrients it's losing and that sort of gives me like a A nice rest, a balance of some sort that I'm literally uh, restocking myself. You know, when you're younger and it's happening to you when you're a teenager and you're getting the cramps for the first time, it is hell. Mm -hmm. But also when we're a teenager, we're not thinking about what we're putting into our bodies. We're just also being really unhealthy. As we grow up, we're more conscious about what we're putting in. And then by proxy, our menses get a bit better. That's right. Yeah. So the reason why like a lot of these foods make us feel really shitty after we consume them, like it results in like a really bad case of cramps, is because a lot of these foods are very inflammatory foods. Or more accurately, they cause inflammation in your body. Disclaimer, there hasn't been a conclusive study so far that says, yes, eating certain foods cause more or less menstrual cramps. The link is not direct, but it's more like you are what you eat, you know? You eat shitty foods, you feel shitty. So foods like processed meat, bread, pasta, soda, and sugary drinks. Not to say we should avoid these foods completely, but the problem comes when you eat too much of something and everything in your body is linked, right? So if you're eating too much fried chicken and bubble tea, extreme cases is that you could get diabetes or heart attack. In less extreme cases, if you eat too much inflammatory foods, it could manifest in ways such as, you know, having like worse menstrual cramps. So it's, it's, it's really like about balance, you know, like if you eat too much of something, then it will result in your body overcompensating to make sure that everything is fine. Mm-hmm. But if you have a balance of like anti-inflammatory foods, inflammatory foods, and you know, there is like it maintains, there's like a in moderation, mm-hmm. then, you know, your body doesn't have to overcompensate. I, lo- I know exactly what you're talking about. It's mm-hmm. just like, drink this, you're too heaty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole heaty thing. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, I, d- I mean, absolutely, that will definitely play in, wouldn't it? So, one of the more natural ways to, I guess, relieve your cramps is to ensure that you have a balanced diet. But another way that I guess, like, a lot of people often talk about is exercise. So, I think for me, I have a personal like history with with this one because it's coming from a girl who basically failed her 2.4 her whole life haha I think that running sucks and people who (laughs) like running are crazy do do you like running? I do like running but I know but I'm laughing because I know running sucks it sucks some people who run and no offence to you don't take it personally 
but are psychos. Right. <laughs> they, they really are. They are. You can't look someone in the eye and be like, I like running. Oh my God. I also get really worried when people are like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I just got to run. I'm like, no, honey. <laughs> I can't believe That's so I really can't No, but please carry on. Yeah. <laughs> so these crazy people are usually going to be the crazy ones who be like, you having your cramps? Oh, just, just, just go and run. Like, you will get rid of your cramps naturally. And the thing is, as crazy as they sound, the reality is that they're often right. Okay. Okay, so exercise, as we all know, releases endorphins, right? And these endorphins are supposed natural painkillers against cramps that are produced. How exactly does endorphins work against your hormones that will cause you like menstrual cramps? And for women to women, does it differ? You know, how does it change? So we found that exercise with endorphins actually reduces your stress. Um, stress in itself in the body, which can be caused by many things, actually increases a certain level of um, hormones in the body that increases your what we call um, sympathetic nerves. So these are the nerves that actually supply the uterus as well, and it increases your uterus contractions, your womb contractions, which can increase your um, menstrual cramps. So therefore, in theory, if your stress is less, there's less activation of the nerves, then you will have less menstrual cramps, theoretically. Okay, okay, okay. So I have my own personal opinions about exercising while you're on your period. And my opinion is don't do it. Don't do it. And and this is my own personal logic. Um, and I know that some women share this with me, but the reason I advise, I'll advise them against high-intensity workouts or putting your body under stress while you're on your period is because you're sort of overloading yourself. If you think about it, your inner body, your, your uterus, you're going through battle. You're mm-hmm. literally shedding yourself. You're bleeding. You know, there's a whole internal turmoil happening and it's making you bloated and you feel tired and you're groggy. It affects your whole mood. So if you add a high intensity on top of that, it can actually just add too much to your plate and it can leave you in a worse mood. We were talking about this earlier, and I said to you, when I'm on my period, I don't even do yoga. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's a gravity to being inverted or doing downward-facing dog when your body is trying to naturally expel your blood through gravity. It's almost like you're putting it back in, you know, not to be Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. literal. But, you know, if you visualize it like that, yes, you're, it's trying to, expel your dirty blood and you're going into downward facing dog and by that you're putting it back in and you know that's just counter that's not what nature intended so when you're on your period I advise you to just take it easy Mm -hmm. and also sometimes when you're on your period you're tired and then you go into yoga or your workout and you don't do as well as you can and then you actually leave feeling even more tired and frustrated that you couldn't reach your final pose or whatever um so I don't know I don't know how I feel about recommending exercise on a workout. I mean, on your period. I don't know about that. I think that it's actually really interesting because I think when I'm on my period, like, I guess like low intensity workouts like yoga, it really works for me because I feel more like stretched out, you know. I'm Sort of like an outlet for you. That's right, that's right. All those like, like inner frustrations we get when we're on our period, that's, that's right. your outlet. Yeah. Okay, well so, then that's for you. Yeah. Exactly, so it's like it works for me, right? But before my period, for me, I feel very tired and I feel very lethargic. If I do high intensity workout, then that's when I feel frustrated with myself. It's so you do have that similar sense of, you know, frustration because of your your, your body's energy mm-hmm. levels. That's right. But it's at different times. That's right. Different that's right. Times. Yep. Yeah. But then again, we said this earlier, and mm-hmm. for you listening, 
hopefully you're nodding your head in agreement. You That's know, right. it's a unique experience. There's no one size fit all when it comes to this. Something Private is a podcast produced by VFM. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast, Stitcher, Anchor, Castbox, and many more. We want to keep having more conversations about female health, but we need you guys to be involved. Share this episode or podcast series with your friends, family, or anyone with a vagina, essentially. Be sure to join our Telegram channel and Instagram page at Something Private Pod. We also have a Facebook group that's full of exciting, great information. You can find us at Where Are The Girls That Will Talk About Their Vaginas? That's at Something Private Pod. Drop me a DM or start a thread on Facebook. Let's keep on having these conversations out loud. Um, in general, the podcast has been quite sciencey so far. You know, it's kind of like a audio web MD of like we're ser- we're serving the people facts, Nicole. Facts, facts, and anecdotes. It's like yeah. it doesn't get better than this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving on, the next question, and I think it's a very important one, is. When should we visit the doctor? How exactly do you determine when it's absolutely a must to like see a when doctor? when it's really not normal. Um, yeah, we want to go back to some of the things we were saying at the beginning of the podcast. And that is about primary and secondary dysmenorrhea. So dysmenorrhea is basically a fancy way of saying menstrual cramps. Most women, what they will go through is primary dysmenorrhea. It's a non-medical kind of menstrual cramps where it happens at the beginning of your period and it, does, it doesn't last for more than one or two days. After one or two days, you should be fine. That's what most of us will go through. And I think like reflecting on all the menstruation cramps that I've had, it's quite, you know, I, I guess that's what has happened for me. The other kind of menstrual cramps that women might experience is called secondary dysmenorrhea. So basically what it means is that it's caused by an underlying medical problem or issue that you might have. And that's when it means you probably have to see a doctor. It's when your cramps come either just before you start to bleed or lasts for more than two or three days and it's really, really bad all the way until the end of it and might even you know, be around until you stop bleeding so basically when you're in pain the whole way that's right if you're in pain the whole way that's like a a super red flag Mm -hmm. red flag (laughs) about when you should see the doctor so some of the things that you know could be could cause you know such underlying pains are very common issues such as you might have a cyst or a tumor growing in your womb you might have a narrow opening of the uterus or you might have infection from bacteria spreading inside your uterus which is known as the pelvic inflammatory disease. You might also have endometriosis, a condition where the lining of the uterus is outside of the uterus, or you could also have another condition where the lining of your uterus grows into the muscle of your uterus. And yeah, I mean, not undermining any of these. These are really, really serious conditions that have to be treated immediately. Like Hanley said, if you know you are experiencing cramps continuously, these are some of the things that you could be that could be happening inside your uterus and you have to get it checked immediately. Check yourself, hon. There's Check so much, like, I'm I'm li- listening to you and I'm almost, like, shaking my head. Like, so much can happen. That's right. So you much don't even know. can go wrong. Check yourself. Check yourself. So when I started having my cramps when I was about 16, I experienced that level of pain where I thought I would faint. I would actually almost, like, 
go prepare myself to faint, you know? You know, I would go lie in bed and, like, write my will. Like, just prepare myself just because this could be the last because it was just so dramatic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I did go to a doctor about it because my mom was like, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stop writing your will. Like, (laughs) chill out. Stop being dramatic. Stop being dramatic. So um, I did go to a doctor about it. She said that... It's just, and that was the most frustrating part. She said, these are just cramps. Mm. So a way for me to control it was she put me on the pill, um, birth control, yeah. which was really confusing when yeah. you're, you know, when you're 15 and you're just being a normal kid and you're put on birth control. It's a very adult thing that suddenly whacks you across the face. And, That's right. Um, so that was an interesting time, but it did help. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, my point from this is do go to a doctor. If you're like me and if you're preparing your faint, Go to a doctor. It's an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because I think for me, I always had these pains, but I, n- I never visited a doctor. And it did you not never visited a yeah, doctor? I never. And like, even though my mom, she knew as well, like I was like all dramatic and shit. I was like fainting and all, right? And vomiting. She was like, mm, okay, just go and like, go home and then put like hot water and then eat some pills but I never I never, I never thought to see a doctor yeah maybe I don't know maybe maybe it's an individual thing between your mom and and mine or maybe and this could get deep maybe it's just the whole women suffer thing I, I, right I feel like it's a maybe big, because it's like, just women up, right? just women are so strong and we go through so much there's this terrible underlying for us to just suck it up Take mm-hmm. a pandal, go into the darkness. I don't want to see it. Suck that's it up. right. That's right. You know, which happens to a lot. Yes. All pain is warranted. Ladies, don't let anyone tell you that your pain oh God, is not I, legit. Louder for the people in the back. Seriously. I think that's one thing that we for, we haven't really highlighted enough in this chat. But, you know, when it's the time of the month, like, we have so much going on. We're bloated. We feel uncomfortable. Our feelings are all up in the air. So whatever you're going through, using your period is a valid excuse. And if the men in your life don't understand it, well, get new men. I don't know. That's, That's terrible right. advice. They're canceled. No, they're canceled. <laughs> they're canceled. Kick them out. Kick them out. Um, no, but you're completely right. You're absolutely warranted. And here's another thing I love. When you are going through your period and you are just having one of those days, all women are your allies. That's I have right. never encountered a woman where I'm re- like honestly having such a bad day and I just give her a sincere look and her look back at me is just genuine. It's, it's a not of it's, it's like we're in the same boat, girl. Mm-hmm. She looks at me and she's like, ooh. And we know, mm-hmm. you know? So it's never been a woman versus woman thing when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. I think it's been more of a... <clears throat> penis vagina thing when it comes to this (laughs) and I want to almost say that like I can't I can't blame them because I think they'll never understand that's right they will never get it unless we like strap some pain stimulator which could be funny it could it could maybe for another day (laughs) but moving forward don't ignore your pain if it really interferes your day like honey if you're throwing up you know, right? I'm throwing you're up. You're throwing up. Yeah. Then go see a doctor. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a friend who she wasn't getting her period, and she only got her first period like in her mid twenties. Wow. Yeah, it was really late. I want to say that's a blessing, but not really. <laughs> like not for really. some, for some, but for her, it. I mean, it just represented so much. Um. Uh, you know, she didn't Womanhood, feel like a woman. Yeah. She did. She didn't feel part of this story. Her body didn't really developed like she still looked very feminine but just those things that estrogen can only do to you like have your hips come in or have Mm. your boobs get a little bigger that didn't really happen for her until later year and it just caused 
her as an individual so much stress, so much unhappiness, um, and only when she really visited a doctor, and actually a few doctors, she got to the root problem of it, was that her hormones were completely whack. Oh, I see. <laughs> were all over the place. There was no regularity of any sort. So, you know, on the other end of us being like, when to know your period isn't normal, yes. on the other spectrum, That's if right. you're not getting it, also look into that. Right. You know, it's just a whole mess, isn't it? Periods. It is. it is. Stress us out when we have it. Stress us out when we don't have it. <laughs> it's true. <sighs> like, I had a friend who, you know, you're talking about you were on the birth control pill and everything. And we also mentioned earlier that, you know, um, there's not a lot of medical research or it's very new, this area of like, Birth control. Yeah, and birth control. Right, yes. Because ultimately, you need a whole lifetime to know the effects of it, right? Exactly. And we're still at that point where whatever we're taking now, we haven't been taken for 30 years. Mm -hmm. We don't know what will happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I had this this friend who had taken it for a while as as a form of contraceptive. And she took it for maybe like two months. You know, she was overseas and like she was with her boyfriend and everything. When she came back, you know, she got off the pill... I'm ready to menstruate regularly again. And she didn't? She didn't menstruate for a year. <gasps> yeah, <gasps> exactly. And I think, you know, about your, your friend, you know, not getting her menses yeah. and about the womanhood. Because I think we're all in our mid, uh, early mid-20s and she really wanted, like, children. So I guess it worried her. She was like, oh, am I, like, never going to have children? That, like, of course. You know? Yeah, of course. Now, absolutely. I mean, I can't, I just want to also say that Menses menstruation matters to us women. Exactly. There's so many layers to it. That's right. Another so another complex. potential pun. Layers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so complex. That's why this is the whole series. I think what we can kind of walk away from this conversation is that apart from periods sucking, they're also quite a wonderful thing. That's you know, true. it is. It, it really brings women together. Um, we learn constantly so much about ourselves. For example, I'm in my late 20s now. My approach and my relationship with my body and my menses is constantly evolving. Um, but it's also one of those unique experiences that each woman has to just figure out in a way for herself, but knowing that support and help is there when she needs it. Not to forget that there are a lot of other parts about menstruation that we like to talk about. For instance, what menstrual product is the best suited for you? So for Hanley and I, we both use the menstrual cup. Menstrual you know, cup. Woo, woo. And we swear by it. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. We also want to talk about, you know, period sex. Should we have it? Should we not have it? Is it gross? What are some of the health benefits or consequences and stuff like that there's a lot of conversations around menstruation even menopause or like birth control pills and how they affect you and i think that's where we're gonna go um in the next few episodes on this podcast and i hope that you know if you have heard this podcast you know you share it with your friends as well your family your friends a random female even who's going through a difficult time with her menses Mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. some of the stuff that you have learned you know about this whole positivity and just being there for one another and you pass that kind of energy on you mm-hmm. know to other women and yeah keep keep it going yeah it got so cute all right well on that okay note. so i think <laughs> that's it for our first episode on menstruation part one yay, yay. thank you Hanley, for being here thank we really you appreciate you being here and it's been such a great conversation oh my god so fun um thank you nicole for having me and to the listeners thank you for listening see you guys bye this has been the first episode of the something private podcast on menstruation tune in every thursday
for new episodes on our podcast.